Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you, even from this uh, from the pulpit. You are welcome. Uh, this morning we are going to look at a topic that says danger of the uh, the danger of comfort zone. And by the way, I came across this um, as during the Australian Open. Open the tennis that was going on. So my favorite guy was losing. And the commentator said that if the opponent allow him to get back to his comfort zone, that is going to turn the game around. So I look at it and I was like, oh, so there is something good about comfort zone. And so far, that's the only thing I've seen that is good. I can say the positive thing about comfort zone. Every other thing about it is negative. And we are going to look at it. In the course of this, we are going to look at the, the meaning of comfort zone, what it's all about. And we, we look at the danger and what the Bible say about it. Shall we pray? Father, Lord, I thank you this morning I thank you that you brought us here together. Lord, I know it's not by accident. You have ordained it that today that we all will gather here to praise your name, to lift your name high above every other name, for you are worthy. This morning, O oh Lord, I pray that you be with us that you guide us, lead us in your own wisdom and love. Speak to us, and blessed be your name. Amen. I'm sorry. I would um, go with me to the book of Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter eleven. So, uh, like I said, this topic will take us through chapter eleven and also chapter twelve. But the main text is chapter 11, chapter 11. It says from verse 1, It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon, and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent messengers 
and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived. So she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. Then David sent Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the, the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing, and how the people were doing, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the kings followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, of the king of, the, of his lord, and did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark, the Israel, and Judah are dwelling in tents. And my Lord, Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open field. Shall I, go, shall I then go to my house to eat and drink, to lie with my wife? As you live, and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, wait here today also and tomorrow. I will let you depart. So Uriah remains in Jerusalem that day, and he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at even, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Job and sent it by the hands of Uriah, and he wrote in the letter, saying, Let Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and lie and die. So it was, while Joab besieged the city, that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there were valiant men. Then the men of the city came, came out and fought with Joab, and some of the people of the servants of David fell, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger, saying, When you have finished telling these matters of the war to the king, if it happened that the king's wrath rises, and he said to you, Why did you approach so near to the city's city when you fought? Do you not know that they will shoot from the wall? Who struck Abimelech the son of Jerubeset, was it not a woman who cast a piece of milestone on him from the wall, so that he died in the bezel? Why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent to him. And then the messenger said to David, surely, the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove back as far as the entrance of the gates. 
the archers shot from the wall at your servants, and some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to, the, to Job, Do not let this one thing, do not let this thing displeases you, for the sword devour one as well as another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it. So encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll just leave it here for now. Back to comfort zone, the theme for uh, this morning. First of all, comfort zone is a very delicate and precarious situation for anyone to be. Its physical and spiritual implications can only be adequately comprehended when we truly understand what it means. So the question is, what is comfort zone? We all have it. It's natural to man. What is comfort zone? According to dictionary description, comfort zone is a place or a situation in which you feel safe or comfortable especially when you choose to stay in this situation instead of trying to work harder or achieve more. A situation in which you feel comfortable and you do not see the need to do anything further. You do not seem to do any, feel like you can do anything difficult. Our comfort zones can as well be our danger zone. Comfort zone can be a state of the mind, and those with such mindset develop a false sense of security and comfort within their enclave and will not welcome any change at all. Like I said, it's natural to man, every one of us. But though we call it comfort zone, it is a danger zone. When you find yourself in a comfort zone, it, you are in a danger zone. And the enemy wants us to be in our comfort zone. Because when we are in our comfort zone, we cannot do any exploits. We cannot think further. We cannot develop ourselves further. It's a very, very dangerous zone. So, our comfort zones can be divided or into three. Or rather, we can say there are three types of comfort zone. And this is an article about safeguarding young people in care. So these um, uh, two individuals, Ryan A. and Markova D. in 2026, they put up this, they come up with this uh, idea anyway. So Ryan, 
Ryan and Makova develop a theory concerning learning process. Within learning process, we can discriminate three different zones. The comfort zone, the stretch zone, and the panic or stress zone. The comfort zone is the zone in which an individual, according to them, feel comfortable. There is no fear or discomfort. The person feels at home, comfortable and safe. All things are familiar. Within this zone, there are no challenges to start a learning process. There is little reflections or learning in the safe zone as the individuals are unchallenged. Things stay the same, often on questions. In the panic zone, a challenge is so far away from the zone in which we feel comfortable that it becomes overwhelming. In this zone, we experience stress, fear, and challenge in a way that learning is impossible. All our energy is spent on managing and controlling our fear and panic. When a person stays too long in this zone, there is the possibility that they cease to explore their boundaries and instead prefer to stay within the comfort zone. Now the last one, the stretch zone, is the zone in between the previous zones. In these zones, in this very zone, Things like the activities, the situation feel somehow awkward and unfamiliar. In this zone, learning can occur. It is the zone where you can enhance your possibilities, where you can work towards your personal development, and where you can explore your boundaries. When a person feels he cannot control or handle the situation, he can retreat to the comfort zone. However, Operating in the learning, uh, uh, however, operating in and learning in this zone can expand your comfort zone, becoming familiar with new situations or activities. So this is part of the description, like what it is, and just giving us an insight about the three types of comfort zone. But in all, comfort zone is natural to man. There is no, no exception. And according to one commentator, we all have them, even though we might not want to admit it. Naturally, we tend to gra gra uh, gravitate towards places, situations, or people that we feel safe and comfortable around. Maybe you feel comfortable in your day-to-day -day routine, involving where you live, where you work, who you spend your time with. I don't know if it happens to you. Any little change, like even moving room, maybe you are moving from one room to another, it's a very big, for me, I feel it's a big, it's a big job. But to some people, it's something they can just, within a twinkle of an eye, they do the changes. I'm just using room, from just one room to another. Now, to move from one house to
to a different place. That's a different story. It's like that to many of us. We don't like change. Though it might enhance your development, though the change will bring something new, new experience, but somehow we feel that it's okay, let's remain where we are. And that's a very bad situation for one to find himself. We need to explore our boundaries. We need to go beyond. We need to reach out. We need to step out, acquire new skills, open to knowledge. We learn every single day. So, um, as Christians, we are called to get out of our comfort zone. We are called to launch deeper, to reach out to those that are lost, to take the gospel even to the uttermost part of the earth. And as church and body of Christ, we are called to preach Christ even to those that we perceive as enemies. Not only those that we call our friends, our families, our brothers, our sisters. We need to take it to, the, to that stranger out there. That guy that you look at and say, oh no, this guy, is, you can't approach him. They are the ones that we are called to take the gospel to. Christ did not come for those that are okay. He came for those that are sick. And doctors... Physicians, they are not interested if you are not if you are okay. You are not interested to see them. It's only when you are sick, and that is when you need their service, and that's when they are important to you. We are called to reach out, to take the gospel, to step out of our comfort zone, to do exploits for the Lord. And as a child of God, stepping out of your comfort zone to evangelize or do exploit for the Lord can be a great and rewarding experience. And that's what we are called to do. There is a saying that idle mind is devil's workshop. When you are stagnant, when you feel that you have arrived, when you feel that you can just consolidate nothing, you, are, you lock every doors and windows of opportunities and avenues to reach out or to receive, you are in a very dangerous zone. And at that point, Satan, you, have, you become a number one target for the Satan. In fact, you become a medal for the, for the Satan because the battle is done. Comfort zone is the, easiest is the easiest platform to compromise the standard of our belief and can lead to multiple of sins. Back to our, where we've just read. It began with the, with the it says, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle, 
that David sent Joab and his servant with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. As a king at that time, he should be at the, at the war front. He should be at the battlefield. But he chose to relax. He stayed back. And that's when that was his comfort zone. And that's when he came out of his roof. Lo and behold, he saw a woman. And that's the beginning of the sin. That was his comfort zone. And you cannot be in your comfort zone and be battle ready. You cannot. When you are in your comfort zone, everything seems okay. Even if the enemies are approaching, for the fact that you are that, with that mindset, you don't care what will happen. You will feel even shy to come out and do the right thing. That is how David fought. He fell here because he was sitting comfortable. Everything around him was going okay. And he did not want to be part of what was going on. He sent the messengers, his armies, and they were doing the exploits. While he himself said, he sat back and he became an idol, uh, Satan's workshop. So we'll look at the implication of <clears throat> the implication of our comfort zone. Go to chapter eleven, chapter twelve. Second Samuel chapter twelve. Then the then the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and said to, the, to him, <clears throat> There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little earl lamb, which he had bought and nourished. And it grew up and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. And the traveller came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flocks and from his own herds to prepare one for the for the wayfaring man who had come to him but he took the poor man's lamb and prepared for the man who had come to him so david's anger was greatly aroused against the man <clears throat> and he said to nathan as the lord lives the man who had done this shall surely die and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb 
because he did these things and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I deliver you <clears throat> from the hands of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping, and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandments of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. And you have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will, rise up, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house, and I will take your wives before, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives, wives in the sight of, his, of this son, for you did this secretly, but I will do these things before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord, to blaspheme. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. That is the implication of our comfort zone. Here, a messenger, the Lord's messenger came to David and explained to him Maybe a sort of parable. And he was like, this is wrong. And naturally he was very, very angry because he's fine, he saw it as sin. But it was pointed to him that he was the one. This is you. Though God loves him, and in most cases what, he, what David did and get away with it, others could not. But in this case, there was judgment. It was instance. And as we go further in this book, you will find out that all these things played out. God surely punished him. God raised opposition even from his own family, his own son. Even his own son lie with his wife. Why? It's just as a result of his action when he was in his comfort zone. We should avoid this. We should try to get out of our comfort zone, no matter how hard it might seem, no matter how strange. 
but it's the right thing to do. It required concert effort. We need to drag ourselves to go out to the community, to preach the gospel, to reach out to the poor, to reach out to those that are lost. It's not something that, we can, that can come within our comfort zone. We need to step out as church. We need to step out as individuals and believers. This is what we are called to do. Relaxing in our comfort zone will never yield any dividend at the end of the day. It will take from us. So comfort zone is a place we should avoid at all costs. There is no benefit. We can only enhance ourselves when we get out of that there. We can only arm ourselves when we get out of our comfort zone. We can only fight the battle and win when we get out of our comfort zone. We cannot win the battle in our comfort zone. We need to step out. Praise the Lord. Father Lord, I thank you this morning. And I thank you for how you've led us. Thank you for your words that have gone forth. Lord, I pray that you put it on our hearts. Walk in us, O Lord. Make us uncomfortable in in our comfort zone. Bid us to move out of our comfort zone. Help us, O Lord. And blessed be your name. Amen.